Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we try to decipher that Sonic Origins pre-order chart, but can't find our decoder rings. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including release dates for Splatoon 3 and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And then on Thursday, we're tracking Nintendo health initiatives and comparing them to the uh, the fitness trends at the time. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I had a doctor's appointment a few days ago. Okay. And leading, and I knew they were going to do blood work. So leading up to the doctor's appointment, just like, really just like 72 just hours Just drank a before. lot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, I'm going to, uh, basically like a kid who brushes their teeth only right before the dentist. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I was like, I You thought you were going to fool your doctor. I'm like, I for those, yeah. these three days. Yeah. I'm eating salads. Uh-huh. You know, fried chicken will never touch these lips. Like, it would make such a big difference. Like, they wouldn't be able to tell. Like, they'd right, be like, right. oh, yes, clearly. Right. They, they're they like, we will ignore the four decades of <laughs> bodily neglect. <laughs> That's right. But don't worry. As soon as... Uh, as soon as that blood was out, I was calling my husband being like, you want chicken nuggets? See, here's the thing. I think you should go the opposite way, right? I think you should uh, really treat your body like an anti-temple <laughs> as you lead up to the blood work so they can give you the best drugs, right, to, like, make you better, right? It's like right before you go to the dentist, you should have a donut. Oh, sure. So that way they're, like, d- deeply concerned, and they're like, we got to pay – Look, we have to pay, like, special attention yes, to you. We're yes. keeping our eye on you. You want them to use the good equipment, the good goo on your teeth, right? So, like, just go in there after, you know, eating, like, a a, a bucket of caramel corn, and then they can do what they need to do. Is an ant – you bring up such a good point on multiple fronts, and I just want to Thank explore you. for a Thank moment. You. Is an anti-temple – like an actual place you can visit. Is it like those build like those like uh, places in Hong Kong that you can go to just like destroy things Ooh. to let out stress? Is that an anti temple? Uh, I don't know. I mean, because I I started down the the metaphor like treat your body sure. like, like a yeah, temple. Absolutely, and was like you'll figure out what the opposite of a temple is by the time you get to the end of the sentence. Mark, I did not, so I just said anti temple. Uh, but yeah, I guess like one of those places that you can go to where it's like a storefront in a mall. Um, and you can just like wreck stuff up in there. Yeah. Right. Like, what did I? I saw that in a movie recently, or maybe a TV show. The characters were doing that. I don't. I. I don't remember. I don't have it. Maybe it was on Grand Crew. Looking over to Sarah. She doesn't. She's not even paying attention. It doesn't matter. Um, speaking of things, Sarah's not paying attention to my copy of Sonic Forces. For the Nintendo Switch, would you like to borrow it? You can get on a list to do so if you want to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. Do not put the address of some sort of anti-temple because um, it should not be destroyed. But other than that, there are no rules. I send it to you. You play it for as long as you want or not, and then you send it back. I pay for postage both ways. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there, and that's fine. You don't need to worry about it. 
It's the perfect program. Perfect program. Another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcasts, and you can review stuff. We appreciate it so much. It helps people find the show, grow this Nintendo cartridge society of ours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple, on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see it, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. If you leave us a review anywhere else, we can't see it, but we would still love to give you a shout-out. So s- send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, so that way we can acknowledge your contribution, just like Kid Icarus222, who left us a five-star review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store this last week. Um, you know what I appreciate about uh, the username uh, Kid Icarus222 is that it is followed by two exclamation points, which makes me think that it is both a Kid Icarus reference and a Punch-Out reference. No, so the the exclamation points were my addition oh, to, no. say, to express <laughs> how uh, my enthusiasm, enthusiasm okay. for thanking them. Also, I really... Uh, loved their review. It is named, it's titled Enthusiasm with an exclamation mark and says, these boys make me feel better about being a grown man who is very much so hey for Nintendo. So hey for Nintendo. It's what we do. It is what we do. By uh, comparison, mm-hmm. you will always look better than us. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an NCS promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, feel good about yourself by comparing y- your life to ours. Um, uh, Mark, we did an episode last week about uh, RPGs that we would like to see come to the Nintendo Switch that have not yet been ported over there. Um, we got some feedback from the episode, including an email from Chariot Goblin. Chariot Goblin writes, Hey, NCS, one RPG that deserves a shout-out is Pokemon Conquest for the Nintendo DS. It's a 2012 tactical RPG developed by Koei Tecmo, published by the Pokemon Company, and distributed by Nintendo. It's a crossover between the Pokemon and Nobunaga's Ambition franchises. Basically, it's pocket monsters teaming up with real historical figures from feudal Japan in Fire Emblem-like gameplay without permadeath. Thanks and all the best. What? This game sounds amazing. I think we've talked about Pokemon Conquest before. Not that we know anything about it, really, but I I know that other people have brought it up to us before. Uh, I've never had it pitched to me so concisely. Yeah, that sounds so funny. It does sound really funny. It makes me wish that we had, like, an American version of that. Like, I want Pokemon in, like, the Revolutionary War. Yeah, you want want Pokemon and... uh, Codename Steam. Codename Steam. That's right. Mashed up. That's exactly what I want. Um, And then we also got an email from Aaron. Aaron writes, Hi, guys. Thanks for another great episode. I would like to see Mother 3 on the Switch. Pretty much every uh, discussion of games missing from the Switch includes Mother 3, so it was great to hear about some games that I was not as familiar with. Um, I actually purchased Mother 3 for the GBA in Japan a couple of years ago, or years after it was released, and I lost the game pack before I could get very far oh, in the game. No. A couple of years later, I got further on an emulator, but then my save file was corrupted somehow. Are there any games in your lives which seem to be cursed? You want to finish them, but the powers that be just won't let you. I'm trying to think. I feel like it's most games for me. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it is a, a, a rare game, I think, these days that I actually do end up uh, playing and finishing. Uh, like, I, 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 I just fall off games. I yeah. quit. I quit very, very regularly. But uh, not often through... For any like technical reasons, or just like I, you know, right like, acts of God. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of any examples where, like, uh, the world got in the way of me being able to finish a game. Like, yeah. you, like usually I just stop. I just stop. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can think of examples where the world is a vampire, <laughs> right? Sent to drain. No, no. What is that a reference? Of? That's a uh, Smashing Pumpkins. That's a uh, bullet with butterfly wings. Oh, okay. Right. Um. Yes. 
All right, Mark, uh, let's get into what we've been playing this week. And before we actually dig in, thank you, Chariot Goblin, and thank you, Aaron, for those emails. Um, love hearing the other RPGs that people want to play on Switch. Um, Mark, what have you been playing this week? Well, of course, An RPG on we've been playing... Uh, well, yes. So I have been playing Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. And I don't have much new to report here. I am still in Chapter 2, but what I was talking to or listening to something where they were where this game came up and um i actually think now that i think about it it was an episode of uh acts of the blood god okay the um rpg podcast that is hosted by nadia oxford and cat bailey and another person whose name i'm blanking on and i apologize for that but they were talking about um drank Quest 11S Echoes of the Loose Phase Definitive Edition. Actually, I can't say that it was the Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch, but they were talking about right, the game. Right. And they mentioned that the end of Act 2 is one of the most like devastating experiences they've ever had. And I'm at the beginning of Act 2. Yes. And I or devastating experiences they've ever had in a game. And I'm at the beginning, <laughs> I'm at the beginning of Act 2, mm -hmm. and I am finding it difficult to build the momentum back up into what I was enjoying so much uh, before the end of Act 1, and even in the interlude a little bit, um, because the, it is a fairly, like, hard reset. Yes. You spend the first act, you know, getting the team together and uh, going on an but adventure. But you, do, you don't really know that you're doing that in, in, in Act 1, right? Like, you're sort of just well, on the adventure. It comes to comparing pretty quickly. I, I feel, yeah, it, it does, but I, I don't, the, the difference between Act 1 and Act 2 is in Act 2, you know there's a team out there oh, that you sure. need to put together. Yeah. And I guess like you sort of intrinsically know that just from like you're playing an RPG. Um, but like uh, the game doesn't start off being like, you must find your allies and right, uh, right. Fight, fight against you know whatever evil. Um, it, you start, it starts off as like a solo adventure, and you meet people, and they become your friends. They become your allies. Uh, but like in Act 2, you feel as though you are owed those allies, and you just don't have them all back yet. It, that is very true. And because you have such an attachment to them, like you're like, I want to get to the point where yes. I'm bringing these people back into my party. But I'm finding it difficult to like, because it's so much of a hard reset and because it like loses a lot of the momentum. And so it's like, okay, I know that I want to continue, but the actual like gameplay, like moment to moment right now, I'm finding to be a little bit of a slog. So I don't know. Dragon Quest 11 S echoes of loose Age definitive edition for the Nintendo switch has been a really kind of like, I overall like stepping back and looking at it. I'm like super positive experience. The actual like, uh, hour to hour moment to moment gameplay sometimes like the pacing is a little lumpy yeah and it makes sense you know you have to do some of those resets and i believe everybody including you who have said that like it is totally worth it but it just is when there's so many other like things and games that are trying to like grab my attention it's a little hard to like be like okay now i need to like eat my vegetables in this game a little bit right so that's where i'm at with that um, yeah, we were in like such a good stretch for a while where like we weren't playing other stuff um, that it seemed like you were making real progress in, in Dragon Quest. But you'll get back to it. I trust. Totally. I, 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 I believe. Um, we both played, of course, the uh, Tetris Maximus Cup this weekend so we could get that uh, Kirby theme. 
Um, Mark, I was so close to winning my first game out. Uh, I ended up getting second place. And, it was, and that like, that's good. That's great. Like, I uh, should feel good about it. But I was just like, man, I want I want to do the, like, one game, 100 points. You know what I mean? And just knock it out. What is the uh, – so, in the theme, the first music is, like, the – the song. The song, like yeah. the pop song right. that is sung in the like nonsense language of the game. Right. Is right? it nonsense or is it Japanese? I, th- I, I, thought, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I I assumed that it was like the nonsense language oh, of I the have, game. I have, but I, have I guess no I idea. don't know. Right. Um so oops on my part. <laughs> uh the and then the second part of it is just like the main theme. Like once you get yeah. past fifty, if you're in the last remaining fifty players and it's then what is like the top 10 or whatever. I, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't something that, like, immediately No, and, like, didn't make me, like, excited to be like, oh, my God, it's this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a fine theme. Um, there are no mouthful uh, Kirby piece or uh, Tetris pieces, which is fine, I guess, but, like, it would have been nice. Yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah, uh, again, I'm, I'm glad that they continue to support um, Tetris 99 in this way, especially when it seemed for a second like they weren't going to anymore or we were worried about it. Yeah, and I I know your personal goal is a one and done. Yeah, mine is do it in under an hour, which mm. I accomplished. Hey, so I'm pretty good well about done, that. well done. Um, what was your highest uh, finishing place? I you think it it was like uh, right around twenty five. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations to both of us and to everyone who likes Tetris and Kirby at the same time. Um, I'm continuing to play Chrono Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. Um, some weird difficulty spikes in this game that I don't remember. Um, and maybe I am in the wrong area, um, but every now and then I just like walk into uh, a cave or something, and uh, the enemies are just totally outmatching me, and I'm just like, okay, I need to be somewhere else. Um, still really like the game. I'm going to be like sort of casually making my way through it um, for a long time, I think. Um, but I am also playing Dragon Quest Builders 2 because it was part of the free trial for Nintendo Switch Online subscribers this week. Now, this is a game that I had played the opening hours of before in the Jumbo demo, but that was like three years ago at this point. Um, so I just started all over again, um, and uh, I'm not quite caught up to where I had finished the, the Jumbo demo, um, but I plan on playing a little more tonight and tomorrow to like really you know, make, make the most of my time with it before the, the trial ends. Um, and that, that's such a special game. I, I think I may actually pull the trigger on it this time and just uh, buy it when the, the trial is over, um, just because it's so cute and so like addictive and fun to like build stuff in a dragon quest world and have the sort of like rpg adventure moments between you know building towns and building settlements and stuff so because you played the demo i could have uploaded that save data that's what i was wondering to the full version yeah okay yeah yeah i really like these free trials i have not played dragon quest builders 2 but i did play some of the original game yeah and found it to be really fun really like addictive really cute um and I, the second one is supposed to be e- even like better. Can we? Let me ask you this: Can we play that game together? Is it like a co-op? I don't know game because if if it is, uh, we should stop anything else that we're doing and just do that. <laughs> Patrick, I have to make progress <laughs> in Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of the Loose Page Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. But that would be really fun. I would love to do that. Uh, co-op. I'm I'm looking right now. And even if it's not, maybe we should like just play it together. What do you mean? Just like 
just like go Get over together. to each other's homes. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is uh, exponentially more fun with friends. Here's how to unlock multiplayer. Thank okay. you. Thank you, thegamer.com. All right, so we're going to end this uh, this episode of the podcast <laughs> uh, and, and just go on to that. No, obviously that's not what we're doing. Um, Mark, have you been playing anything else this week? Did we get no, through all of that? No, that's pretty much it. All right, now I got to go back and do the right music cues. Let's. <laughs> that's what we've been playing this week. Um, let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So last week on Thursday, April twenty first, um, Nintendo released three new games for the Nintendo Switch Online Sega Genesis: the Shining Force Two. Space Harrier 2 and Sonic Spinball. Patrick, are these games that you are are or are familiar with at all? Uh, uh not really. I I'm sure at some point I played Sonic Spinball. Um I I did have a like Sonic uh Master collect I forget exactly what the name of the collection was, but it was the one that was on um GameCube that had a bunch of uh Sonic games on it. I'm pretty sure Spinball was one of them. Um but I know that I also uh in my mind the, what, what's the Sonic 3D game that's sort of like an isometric view? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Um, I get that and Spinball confused, and Spinball is not that. Spinball is a pinball game. Um, so I'm, I guess what I'm leading up to is I'm eager to try it out, um, but I, I don't think I have any actual memories of it. I, I would also like to just check out Shining Force 2, having played um, a fair amount of the fourth one for our Sega Genesis month um, uh, in, back in December. What about you? Yeah, no, uh, not I have not played any of these games. I remember you really enjoying Shining Force 4. Yeah. Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah Shining Force 4 when we talked about it. To an extent. I enjoyed it to an extent. I was happy to stop playing it when uh, we got to uh-huh. the end of our of our uh, sort of experimental period there. Yeah, I you know, with all of this Sega Genesis stuff, I don't really have any experience with any of them. And yet I recall fond memories of our time exploring it in December. Yes. And in those episodes being like, I should look more at the Sega Genesis library. So I'm not really taking advantage of what is uh, being offered to me, but I should. Yeah. Um, I, as these games keep coming out, and as I am like, oh, I should really check that game out or I, I should, uh, you know, get back to Shining Force 4 or check out 2 or whatever. Um, I am increasingly drawn to the idea of buying one of those Genesis controllers for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Mark, talk me down. I I mean, Patrick, you yeah. know that I'm terrible in that role. You're not going to do it. <laughs> He's not even going to do it. I don't think I'm going to try because I totally understand why you yeah. would want to. I think as people, or at least speaking for myself, I guess, as someone who did not own a Sega Genesis, was not a Sega kid, yeah. I can 100% understand the appeal of a, experiencing these games the way they were like meant to be experienced. Yeah, well, and there's also something like so clarifying about just having the three buttons. Um, and, you know, so many of these games, like, because three is an unintuitive number of buttons, um, they have, like, something on the screen that says, like, A does this, B does this, C does this. Um, and just having those actual A, B, and C buttons, I don't know. It just seems like that would be very helpful instead of like looking down at the controller and being like, so I guess B is probably the bottom one, A is the one on the left, and C is the one on the right. But like, is, you know what I mean? Like, no, I completely agree. I mean, I feel like it's the same sort of thing for like the Nintendo 64, where it's like the, because that's a yes. now very non standard controller. Same with, you know, like the Genesis having those three buttons. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, like, clarifying like you said i feel like is a really good way to to explain it 
because it's i feel like a lot of times the control schemes aren't super intuitive on modern controllers yes but when you get the actual controller like antenna controller in your hand it then makes it makes a lot sense. More sense yeah it, it is interesting that that well i really like the uh super the super nes and the nes controllers um the modern controllers aren't so different as to make those like necessary but i do feel like genesis and nintendo 64 kind of need those controllers to have that experience it's very strange i feel like i my recollection is that the nintendo 64 controllers have not really been in stock recently i know that they promised yeah, I would to believe restock that, yeah. I you have two right i do have two yeah i wonder what the status of the genesis controllers are um that's a great question I, i'm gonna look it up uh while you keep reading the new releases on wednesday april 27th the stanley parable ultra deluxe is released on the switch eShop and other platforms which is some kind of weird story game i don't uh, yeah so yeah. i uh, i was doing a little bit of research on it before we started recording and it looks like it started out as many of as many games do as a Half-Life 2 mod. <laughs> and yeah, um, this Ultra Deluxe Edition is a complete, like, I think, re-rendering of the world. But you play as a uh, character in this kind of, like, dystopian corporation whose job it is to just, like, push buttons when commanded to at a commu computer terminal. And then one day the screen just, like, goes blank, and which has never happened before. So you get up from your desk and start exploring the office environment and i think it's like um it's like lost <laughs> kind of kind of but yeah very like uh uh what is the word i'm looking for not like experiential storytelling like emergent storytelling yeah yeah well that uh, that 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 seems cool uh, mark i do have an update uh it looks like you can order genesis controllers for the nintendo switch right now with your nintendo switch on online subscription for 49.99 and they're available oh okay but the Nintendo 64 controllers are sold out. Is that right? Uh, I only thought I was doing research <laughs> well, on one of these. Let me talk about th as of Thursday, April 28th, which uh, Bug Snacks is released on the Switch eShop. This is a game that was originally on the PlayStation 5. Yep. And is now being released on other platforms. My memory is that this has a really catchy theme song and was being compared to Pokemon a little bit. Uh, and Animal Crossing a little bit too, right? That it's uh, you're on an island and you're sort of searching for these different uh, animal creature things um, and uh, like making nice little habitats for them or, or something like that. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I can't, I can't really claim to understand it. Yeah, I don't or know what the gameplay loop. It. Yeah. It, it does, it is very cute. Like the aesthetic mm -hmm. is uh, really adorable. And then on Friday, April 29th, Nintendo Switch Sports is released for Switch. And also the Min Min Amiibo from the Super Smash Brothers series, both getting a release on Friday. Um, I am excited about uh, Switch Sports, but I think we will talk more about that later in the episode. Um, I'm surprised that uh, more of these, um, more Amiibo keep coming out. Right. I mean, it's crazy now at this point that we have to be over a year out from Min Min being revealed, at least, for the Fighter Pack. Pass. Yeah, the, the the character because she was the first one. Yeah, she was the <laughs> she was the first one of yes. the second. Yeah, the second uh, wave. The second wave, but yeah, we have a lot of. It seems like we really only get amiibo for Smash Brothers at this point, and 
it seem that seems just like it's going to continue for at least a couple more years at the rate that they're being released. Yeah, I mean, provided that they're going to actually finish uh, doing all of them, we've talked about this. They have not revealed a Sora amiibo, but even if they don't, even if they don't do Sora, like some of the the other, there's this still is, there's still four other amiibo yeah, that need yeah. to come out. Yeah. Um, Mark, I have an update. The Nintendo 64 controllers are not readily available. Uh, so I'm just going to add the Genesis one to my cart. <laughs> yeah. Thrill as Patrick enters his credit card number uh, on the show. Um, if you listen closely, you can tell which buttons I'm pushing <laughs> by the sound they make. Um, all right, Mark, those are the new releases. Let's close this segment out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, we are talking about M&Ms, M&M candies. Uh, What are our favorites? Let's start there. <laughs> so I think... Do you like M&M's? I do like M&M's. I think peanut M&M's are my favorite variety, but the classic M&M is yeah. probably the pl- platonic ideal of a chocolate candy. I Yeah, well, yes, I definitely agree with that. And I think that they, like, of a chocolate candy, like, it's such a specific uh, kind of candy and such a specific avenue for chocolate, a chocolate candy. Um, but yeah, I think they, the the shell's not too sweet. It's not too thick. Um, and I feel like the plain M&Ms are like, yeah, that's where it's at. I like, uh, again, I do peanut, also like the peanut, peanut M&Ms yeah. are my favorite. I understand the appeal of plain. Uh, you know, you talked about the shell being like the perfect thickness. Mm-hmm. And I think M&M minis. They mess it up. It's They're bad. They're yeah. real bad. Yeah, It's too much shell. It is too much shell. Yeah. So like the ratio is off. I have a, I have a question for you about yes. M&Ms. So there's the M&M characters. Okay. And... Red recently got a redesign. Recently got a redesign. Right. Um. So red represents the regular M and M's. Yes. Yellow represents the peanut M and M's. But right. does does orange, green, brown, and blue do they represent? Ver- do they all represent varieties, or do some of them just represent colors? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I think at some point they did represent different kinds. I think they're just more fluid, right? That like yeah, they they have been different things at different times. But like brown. Oh, I guess maybe brown is like has been caramel in the past. Well, I don't know. Like represent caramel cuz like yeah. orange I think of as crispy, but I actually don't think crispy M&Ms exist anymore. So it's probably like pretzel or whatever exists now. Well, yeah, I mean that that, that is a good point, but I also think that all M&Ms exist it somewhere in in some capacity, right? Like there's Explain. I uh, so okay, there are so many different M&Ms kinds. are like matter. You can't destroy them. They, <laughs> they just can be like... neither created nor destroyed. <laughs> um that's what the second M and M&M stands for, Mars and matter. Um, but they, they, I think any kind of M&M that they've ever created is in production somewhere or being sold somewhere just because there are so many different kinds and there is this like appetite for niche M&Ms. Interesting. I, I think the M&M store, for example. Oh, sure. You think that crunchy may not be able to buy at like an Albertsons, but you would be able to buy at an M&M store. At like an M&M store. Right. Or like a, yes, yes, exactly. Just because, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I there, there are so many different kinds of candies uh, that have, like, you know, extra varietals or variations um, that, uh, I don't know, I would think Eminem would be stupid to, like, actually let things, like, disappear forever, right? How do you feel about 
so we've discussed plain and uh, I was going to say yellow, but peanut, peanut M&Ms. Yeah. The other varieties. Fine. Uh, <laughs> so M&M just kind of gets like, other than minis, which we've discussed, just kind of gets like a pass. Uh, well, so not, I mean, the, I Sarah recently bought a, uh, a bag of almond and a bag of pretzel. Uh, and pretzel, a miss. I don't like them. Um, as a fan of chocolate-covered pretzels, they are not chocolate-covered pretzels. Interesting. Um, what color is the – do you remember? This is not what like – What color is the bag? Yeah. No, it, it took the garbage out. I can't go digging through my trash to find out for you. <laughs> but you would have done it. I would, I would have done it, yes. Um, no, I don't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, all of the all the other like kinds of M&Ms, I just feel like they're trying – too hard. Okay, the the almond M M&M, and M. It looks like the character is blue. Okay, uh, and the bag is like tan. Got it. This is almond. Okay. Yeah. So blue represents almond. The blue M M&M and M is an almond M M&M. and M. Yes. Okay. Um, but I don't know if it's always been like that, or if it will always be like that. What what are what are your feelings on other kinds of almonds or other kinds of <laughs> other kinds of M and Ms? Um, I generally stay of like. I was burned by crispy. Again, I don't know that crispy exists anymore. I think they replaced it with pretzel. Looking it up. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mostly just stick with regular and, well, I guess we'll never we'll never know what the second one is, although you can probably guess based on my previous answers. Wow. Uh, we were accompanied today by uh, uh, cellist uh, Timotheus Petrin and a pianist George Fu. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Last week, Nintendo announced that the release date for Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is moving up to July 29th. Originally, the game was scheduled to release in September when it was originally announced just a couple months ago. Yeah, at the Direct, right? In, yeah. In February. Um, this is uh, the kind of thing that I feel like only Nintendo could do. Um you have a note here about uh, that the, the the consensus sort of from the analyst crowd is that Nintendo is always um, completing games ahead of time and then holding them for appropriate like marketing beats or uh, openings in their release uh, calendar. Um, but it's fast. Like I, I, I don't know another publisher or I guess publisher is it, a publisher or developer who can just move the release date up two months. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about Nintendo generally, you know, like for the most part, occasionally you get a Metroid Prime 4 or a Breath of the Wild 2. But for the most part, Nintendo, like between reveal and release is just a few months. Yeah. And I think part of the reason they do that is for situations, you know, like this where they can behind the scenes like shuffle releases around and also it seems clearly because kind of like related to this is that when xenoblade chronicles 3 was announced to move up to july everybody had kind of assumed when that splatoon 3 was going to release in july so when xenoblade chronicles sort of based on nothing right well based, based on, on the fact that it was release summer day. release right. and then looking at what else was has yeah. been announced it made sense that it would either slot in july or august yeah and i believe splatoon 2 was a july release so it just kind of like made sense yeah 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 well um, and also just looking at we know that april uh we're getting uh the switch sports we just got kirby in march we're getting uh strikers in may so you know it, or, or the beginning june, of june, june, june yeah that's right um so yeah just being like yeah so then july makes sense and 
so when Xenoblade Chronicles 3 moved up to July, everybody was speculating that Splatoon 3 would was then going to like take that September slot, and that turned out to be true. But I feel like what that illustrates, assuming that Xenoblade Chronicles, like when Xenoblade Chronicles was rumored at the end of last year, the kind of like rumor at the time was the game is done and has been probably for a while. And that seems to be the case if they're able to move it from, you know, September to July. But I think it also shows that not all of Nintendo's games get done way ahead of time. Yeah, true. Right? Because clearly they decided Splatoon 3 needed a couple of more months of polish. Right. And so... Well, and, and did a, uh, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Right. Which yeah. is no longer coming out this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know, just kind of interesting. Doesn't really change my feelings towards Xenoblade Chronicles 3 or, like, whether I intended to pick it up or not. But, um, yeah, just the inner just workings that, of Nintendo. Little, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do think uh, it. what's crazy to me is, like, how? How is this happening, right? Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out uh, at the end of 2017, um, and then they had the uh, Torn of the Golden Country come out maybe, like, a year later. And then they did a remaster of the original. And now here they are with the sequel all within the, like, the release, uh, you know, the si- during that same time, they just put out Breath of the Wild. You know what I mean? And, and like, we're still one, waiting for like, the Mario platformer. Yeah. Um, how are they putting these games out so fast? I think Monolith Soft is really big. Yeah. But also uh, seemingly very efficient, mm-hmm. uh, like, as developers. Yeah. So the corollary to this, of course, is that... Uh, a few days after Xenoblade Chronicles 3 uh, got its new release date, Nintendo released a release date reveal trailer for Splatoon 3 and confirmed that the game is coming out on September 9th, 2022. Right. Moved, no, maybe not moved necessarily from the summer release because September is still technically summer. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a little bit outside the, the... The end of summer for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then as part of the reveal, Nintendo announced Splatoon 2's Octo Expansion DLC is now included as part of Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. I gotta say, I'm, I could get used to them putting uh, these DLC packs on the Nintendo Switch Online a- Expansion Packs, Pass, Pack, whatever it is. Um, that's just a, a, a nice little, like, add-in. I already bought the Octo Expansion, but Mark, I know that you hadn't. Yeah, I didn't. Um, and and yeah. so now it's like... And, I, the reputation of the Octo Expansion pass, Pack is that it's very difficult, mm-hmm. and so that kind of turned me off of it. But now that I could dabble, it, you know, as just as part of the subscription that I already pay for, yeah, makes it much more appealing for me to check out for sure. Um, I tell you what, that I I think the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack is a good deal. I think it has been a good deal, uh, and I think it just keeps sort of like reproving itself as as a good deal. When did this thing get announced? When when did we when did we start it? The end of last year, like November maybe? That's what uh October is October. when it released. Yeah. Um so in the 6 months that it's been out, uh plus or minus, um they've added three uh, different DLC packs to it. Like that's pretty that's a pretty good record. Um and then, you know, they keep putting uh genesis games and nintendo 64 games on there and all for 50 bucks a year i don't know it seems it seems like if if you are willing to engage in the content that they're presenting you um and a lot of it is fun uh it seems absolutely worth it to me yeah it's interesting to me what games 
like in DLC they have not included. Sure. And you know, like the fighter packs for that they're, they're never going to do that. I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, part of it I think is like the perpetuity yes. of, you know, the subscription um and the licensing probably with like the uh different characters, you know, like yeah. Sora and stuff like that. I think that's definitely part of it, but I think the other part of it is that those are still very lucrative that people are still buying a lot of them and they're buying them in like different combinations, either the full packs or, um, you know, individual characters here and there. Um, as we suggested last week, um, just buy the characters you're interested in. Um, but you know, like the, the other, I think there, there's still room for like the breath of the wild, uh, DLC to, to come. Yeah. That was my question. Yeah. Like this new fire Emblem warriors game, I'm assuming it's going to have, you know, like, uh, oh, yeah, an it'll expansion have a pass. Yeah. And I wonder if those will be mm. folded in or not. Like we might be begin to see right. And another reason why it makes sense the Smash now that I'm saying it, the Smash Brothers would not be included is they haven't. All of this has been forward looking, right? It's like DLC that came out one when the expansion pack has been available, with the exception of forward. Octo, the Octo expansion. Oh yeah, that's true. The, the, the one we were the just reason talking that, about. The reason that we're even talking about this at all. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, it at least has the synergy with like Splatoon. Right. But I do. Yeah. Fair point. But uh, you know, that, that does make me wonder uh, the, if like in the lead up to, uh, you know, the, the new uh, Pokemon games coming out, if they're like, okay, now the expansion for sword and shield is, is free with the uh, expansion pass or um, uh, you mentioned the, the fire emblem warriors game, if they would make the age of calamity, um a expansion part of that like if they can keep using that to like resurface right the extra content from these games that people have already played to get them just like back in the mood to play that kind of game again that's pretty smart um so yeah i don't know i i hope they I hope they keep doing it or they could do the the fire emblem uh content uh as as part of the expansion pack right too. for three houses mm -hmm. i do wonder with Oh, three. Yeah, that, that's perfect. They got to do that. Well, it's all, I mean, this is, we're They're not way, do we're way into speculation territory, <laughs> but I wonder if, you know, we won't see it for this, the Fire Emblem Musou that comes out in Three Hopes. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that comes hopes, out yeah. in June because, you know, it's co-developed by Bandai Namco and maybe we wouldn't see it for Fire Emblem because that IP is half owned by intelligence systems. You know what right. I mean? Like, well, maybe, and, and ditto Pokemon as well right. that like game freak and the rest of the pokemon company um that it just where nintendo has like absolute ownership of something they're like yeah okay sure it goes out as part of the expansion i pass. mean since they've started doing this dlc stuff i don't think we've had a game released that could potentially fall into being included in the expansion pack that also has these like right. third-party right. complications so it will be interesting to see how that's handled going forward is it like the majority of DLC ends up on expansion pack, just Nintendo first party. It'll, yeah. Yeah. Curious I mean, like happens. Nintendo first party developed, right? Right. Is, is what we're looking at right now. That's Splatoon. That's Animal Crossing. That's uh, Mario Kart, you know? Um, yeah. That I would actually, Mark, that's great. And that's probably it. Like that we've probably unlocked it right there is that we shouldn't expect free DLC packs unless they are like fully developed and published by Nintendo. An unnamed worker has filed a complaint with the U.S. National Labor Relations Board saying that Nintendo of America and staffing agency Aston Colt Carter violated their rights to unionize. The NLRB will investigate and can take action against the company if they are found in violation of labor laws. It seems like it's early in the process. The, the complaint just became 
public. Um, for their part, Nintendo issued a statement claiming that the contractor was fired for revealing confidential information and no other reason. Uh, interesting. Uh, so this is, I mean, I feel like we don't have a lot of information on this. Completely. Um, but, uh, you know, games workers uh, need to have some sort of protections. Um, it's just such a, uh, like, kind of predatory business. Um, it just in how many people want to be a part of it um, and how easy, like, burnout and, like, overworking is. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I would I would believe it that uh, someone was uh, un unfairly let go. For I, yeah, I would 100% believe unionizing. it too, especially, you know, a lot of companies are not video, not just video game companies, but a lot of companies in general nowadays are like hiring contractors. Yes. And you are not actually a, you're working for the company, but you are not a, you don't have the right. benefits of being a full-time employee. By them, yeah. And um, that is a very tricky situation i don't know if you've have you ever worked in i i have where i've been like a contractor for a large company but not actually working for the company and so you're integrated with them a lot of times but you don't have the same rights or benefits and it is it is a very like sticky situation because you are uh, i this is speaking to my own experience i obviously have no idea what the relationship at nintendo is like but you are often you know like kind of like the carrot is dangled that you could become a full-time right, employee right you know, and you don't want to jeopardize that, but the jump from contractor to full-time is obviously very fraught because if these companies were hiring full-time people, they wouldn't be working with the contracting agencies in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also just, you're just cheaper when you're a contractor because there's so many things that they don't have to pay for. Um, the tax burden falls on you. Uh, any sort of insurance burden falls on you, um, which is obviously way different when you are a, a full-time employee. Um I've not had the experience where I'm like reporting every day somewhere, but like I have done, you know, uh, contractor work before and like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not fun when you're like, Hey, I'm working really hard. Like why, wh why am I not being rewarded as though I'm working as hard as I am? Um, so yeah, I, it, you know, for, for, for those reasons, you know, uh, like go get them, let's investigate this, uh, and, uh, make Nintendo, uh, pony up if, if they are currently not. Along with last week's leak of Game Boy and Game Boy Advance emulators for possible inclusion with Nintendo Switch Online, additional leaks involving the NES emulator have potentially revealed future games that could be coming to the service. Or, and we will talk about this when you read the list of games, it has thrown the entire, uh, the entire venture into question, into chaos. Now we can look at these games and say, those aren't coming to the NES. <laughs> that means we should not trust the Game Boy emulator leaks at all. So according to Twitter user Orchestra, the leaked build of the NES Online application comes from October 2019 and includes games that are currently not released, Pac-Man, Tetris, Galaga, Mega Man, and Castlevania. No way are Pac-Man, Tetris, Mega Man, or Castlevania coming to the Nintendo, so uh, the NES why, Switch Online. Why Pac-Man specific? Like why? Why would Pac-Man not make it? Uh, Pac-Man is the the least strong example. The Tetris, Mega Man, and Castlevania. Um, the every release of Tetris is so tied up in very specific licensing that I don't think Nintendo has the uh, like the pull to re-release any version of it ever. Um, we talked about this when we were guessing the 
the Game Boy, uh, the virtual console library or whatever we were calling it. Um, and I, I made the point that the Game Boy Tetris has never been re-released off the Game Boy um, because they can't. Uh, every other Game Boy launch game is on the um, DS virtual console or 3DS virtual console. Tetris is not. So that's that's one that I think just absolutely not. Mega Man, there aren't any Capcom games, or there are some Capcom games, uh, but Mega Man uh, is, is so tied up in the uh, legacy collections. And uh, ditto Castlevania, that um, they has it has its own collections. The Those companies are interested in selling those games, not in letting them be part of uh, Nintendo's subscription service. That's a good point. So just to f- finish the thought yes. that Orchestra has on Twitter, they say that um, the games being rolled out officially have mostly lined up with what's in the leaked application. Mm -hmm. So it is possible that the releases are set up far in advance and shows that these games might be up for release. But to your point, Patrick, I also believe it's possible that these games were tested, you know, and Mm -hmm. possibly like work with the emulator, but for light, you know, that doesn't mean that the agreements were in place with Capcom or, um, uh, Konami, Konami, right? In order to actually release them, so we may never see this. Yeah, I mean, and that and that that is my bet. Um, but that that also means that I think we're seeing so far behind the curtain here that um, you know, we're we're getting into the realm of like stuff that uh, doesn't matter and like we'll never see release, which makes me sort of sad about the uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance leaks that we were talking about last week. Yeah, I mean the fact that this is from October 2019. That is that's more a than two ago. years ago yeah. at this point. That's pre-pandemic. Yeah, and I yeah I I really don't know what. I think at this point it could be true that the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance you know emulators or services are eventually coming to Switch, but I agree with you that it it is at this point equally possible that th- we will never see it. Um. Here, I, I think, is maybe uh, evidence in uh, favor of these games coming out. Uh, the Pac-Man version, uh, or the NES version of Pac-Man is bad. Um, and uh, Mega Man is, like, the worst Mega Man game that came out on the NES. Um, so that totally fits in line with, like, what they would release on on the NES Switch Online, where it's just, like, not the ideal version of a game that you want to play. On their personal Twitter account... Takeya Imamura, the original character designer for Star Fox, has expressed interest in wanting to see Star Fox Zero on Switch. Okay. <laughs> now, we played, you and I played yeah. Star mm-hmm. Fox Zero together for an episode of this show um, a few years back at this point, and our impressions of it were fine. Yeah. Yeah, we, we liked it okay. Um, there are parts of it that I don't know. The control c- scheme is so specific to the uh wii u you have to like actually use the the gamepad in conjunction with yeah so the part of it that's so specific is that you know one player if you're playing in co-op used the gamepad right as like the gunner seat basically and you're in in the plane yeah and so you are the plane you have like a first person view Yeah. yeah um but that's only for the gunning the flying happens um based on what you see on the tv so like it is a necessarily dual screen experience the co-op piece of it no the regular version of oh it. because if you're only playing with yeah. one character you're always using the gamepad yes. version yeah. oh interesting and seeing what's on the screen at the same time so like it is uh it, it, it's it's a mess 
Um, but it's also a mess that like can't really be replicated on a single screen. If it was m- me, the the Star Fox game that I want to be able to play uh, is Star Fox Adventures. Because the GameCube one, like that used to be Dinosaur Planet. Yes, okay. Because uh, I want to experience that game again. Sure. I want to play through it. Um, I think that I w- wonder if playing it again, I would appreciate it more now that it, you, I kind of like understand its place in history. Uh, yeah, I mean, just as like a, a curiosity, I think that would be fun and relatively easy to bring over um, to Switch. I mean, I also want to see like Assault. Um, you know, just like a straight up Star Fox game. Was that the one for DS? No. That was, was that the Back to the Roots one? Or that was Command? That's Command, yeah. Which one was um, Assault? That's the one that's like back to, that. that's just like a regular oh, flying Oh, that's one. also on GameCube. That's also on GameCube, yeah. That was developed by like Namco or something. Someone like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's what the mm-hmm. uh, HD like remake thing oh that, uh, was yes. it bandai namco last week we were talking there we about go. they had a job listing yeah. for like a nintendo contracted mm-hmm. up res or remake of some game what if it's a uh a, a collection of the gamecube Star Fox games yeah there we go i would love that mark we're so good <laughs> uh imamura also offered his services on a sequel to Star Fox zero if nintendo if nintendo ever wanted to pursue it sure hire him whatever <laughs> He's he's the character, the original character designer? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, last week, Sega revealed Sonic Origins, the a game that had previously been announced, but we had like no details on it mm-hmm. before this week. It's an all-new collection of classic Sonic games. So the all-new part of it is the bundling of it. Well, the, the bundling and the remastering of it. Oh, that's right. Um, so it includes the first three games and Sonic and & Knuckles, so, which means that that's also like the Sonic and Knuckles version of Sonic 2 and the Sonic and Knuckles version of Sonic 3. You're going to have to yeah, explain I gotcha, that Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. So uh, Sonic and Knuckles, as it was originally released, um, is like a game cartridge that has like an open top where you can plug other games into it. Um, they called this lock-on technology at the time. The game itself is a full game, Sonic and Knuckles. But you can put your copy of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 into it and it allows you to play Sonic 3 as Knuckles. Oh, that's cool. Ditto Sonic 2 also allows you to play as Knuckles. So like it is are is is this a collection of four games or six games? It's not really, you know, I mean like it it, it allows you to experience everything that you would have been able to experience if you had Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Sonic and & Knuckles. Gotcha. Also, it was revealed that Headcanon, the studio behind the excellent Sonic Mania, is rework- is working on the remaster of at least one of the games. It wasn't clear to me if they're in charge of all of them, but right. at well, least one of them. Mm-hmm. And that there are uh, like new anime cutscenes or like animated cutscenes. Oh, similar to yes. Sonic Mania. Yeah, that are also handled by the same studio that uh, that had uh, either is head canon or that he- head canon was working with. And you have a note here that uh, it's notable for this collection that it actually includes Sonic Three because the game has been missing from most Sonic and Sega collections in the last like ten years. Yeah. So again, it was in the collection that I had on the GameCube, but I think that's the last time Sonic Three was available or was sold kind of anywhere. Um, 
it's just a, uh, a a weird little relic, and I think it's related to music rights relating to the music, which may or may not have been composed, at least in part, by Michael Jackson, um, that is tied up in some sort of legal whatever, and I don't know how they're able to release it now, um, or if that was never the case. I, ju- I just I, I don't I don't know the whole story here. I don't know that anyone does. That's so fascinating though, because it'd be like if Mario three was yes. just like out of circulation for a decade. Yeah, that's yep. so crazy. There's also some weird DLC pre-order, like special edition nonsense happening yeah, here. Yeah, chicanery for sure. <laughs> the, the official uh, release and like uh, tweet announcing everything includes this pre-order chart yes. that has five different... The standard edition, the start dash pack, the premium fun pack, the classic music pack, and the digital deluxe edition. Um, and I think the digital deluxe edition gets you most, gets you basically everything. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, they're really doing like a, a piecemeal thing here um, to, I, I guess, just to offer a lower price point for like the most basic version of the game. Um, but like, if you if you just buy the the regular game and don't pre-order it, um, then you miss out on here. So here are the other things beyond the the main game. There are a hundred bonus coins, whatever. That's just in-game currency. A mirror mode, hard missions, letterbox background, character animations in the main menu. Which what are we talking about? Um, camera controls over the uh, main menu islands. Character animations during music islands. Additional music tracks from Mega Drive slash Genesis titles. It seems like they're just taking some of the like more museum-y content and locking them behind. Uh, like additional releases or just more money. Well, yeah, and some of it's not even like museum content. Like three of these are just things you can do on the main menu. So if you just buy the standard edition, yes. you do not get character animations in the main menu. Presumably it's just like static images, but what a weird like thing to like nickel and dime yeah. people on. Because it, it really, and I know this is the case with a lot of DLC and I'm probably a big hypocrite here, um, but it's just like, you're just taking away a feature of like the presentation of the game. Seemingly a very basic feature. Yeah, and like why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I, I know the, the. I say why not just include it, and the answer is because you can charge for it. Right. Yeah. Um. And finally, with Nintendo Switch Sports coming out this week, we should t- uh to look at the various physical rewards that come with pre-ordering from different retailers. Kind of like figure out our retail strategy. Right. This And this was the little bit of uh, how you're going to buy it that I wanted to save uh, until this specific point in the show. Um, because all physical versions of the game come with the leg strap that uh, will be part of the soccer game at launch, right? Or is, is that does that update come later? I think the update comes later. But it'd be weird. But maybe not because it seems like it'd be weird to sell the leg strap for a feature that is not included at launch. Right. Uh, the leg strap, um, you may already have it if you have Ring Fit Adventure. In fact, you do already have it if you have Ring Fit Adventure. Um, or you can buy one separately for nine ninety nine. If you buy the game physically, it comes with the leg strap. Digitally, obviously, it doesn't because how could it? Um, and there's a $10 price difference between the physical and digital versions. Mark, what are you planning to do? I think I'm just going to pick it up digitally. So okay. I'll, I'm going to buy it off the eShop, pay the 40 bucks. Um but now and have I'm, no leg strap. And how? Well, I have one from Ring, Ring Fit oh, Adventure. Oh, okay, very good. I have one. Yes. The uh, but as I'm saying that out loud, part of the fun and part of the reason I'm picking up Nintendo Switch Sports at all is 
I think it'll be something that is fun, you know, to play when I visit my nieces and nephews and that yes. sort of thing. And yes. so now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I should buy it physically so I can actually take the game cart with me. Oh boy, what a good so point. that way I don't have to like sign in with my own Switch or sign in my, with my own Nintendo account and authorize it or have like or bring your Switch right or have somebody buy it again like maybe i should just buy it physically so that way i can take it with me when i go somewhere yeah yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense to me and then also you've got that extra um here's the thing with the leg strap um which is a piece of equipment that i think works uh, you know pretty well and like is sort of miraculous in how it can transform uh, a joy con that thing is soaked in my sweat <laughs> it's so gross i don't it is really gross. i ne- I'd never want to inflict it on any other human being the ring fine like it you know it doesn't it doesn't get that bad like sure my palms get a little sweaty when i'm playing with it but like that's not a big deal the the leg strap that is like thigh sweat <laughs> that it is just marinating in it's pretty gross also from doing ring th- fit adventure my thighs are getting enormous I was going to say, but I didn't want to. And so, you know, like, uh, that thing is always just, like, straining to to stay on and not snap in half. So, always good to have a backup. This is what I'm saying, is that just maybe good to have a backup for an activity that's not... Because Nintendo Switch Sports is not going to really be an exercise thing. It'll make you move around a little bit, but that's not the point of it. Um, So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I almost think that I want to buy it physically as well, just to have that extra strap for someone not me to use. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Nintendo Switch Sports is not something that I intend to like mainline and put like hundreds of hours into, but I'm excited to have me too. Like uh, these games available again because you know visiting nieces and nephews and that sort of thing, like that is real. And I think this will be a killer. Yeah. This will be a killer app for opportunities like that. Yeah, I I, I think so too. Um, the other sort of just like pre-order stuff uh, from retailers first uh, in, in the U.S., um, Walmart has kind of a cool metal water bottle. I can't remember the last time I bought something from Walmart, um, but the water bottle looks pretty good. I like a good metal water bottle. Um, Target has a drawstring backpack. I also like using a drawstring backpack. Um, just something about you know, a backpack that collapses into nothing. Very appealing to me. Um, and in the UK My Nintendo store, uh, if you pre-order there, you get a plastic water bottle, which also looks pretty good. Do you know what I think is um, – this is a total sidebar. Yeah. That I think is really interest- funny about Walmart. I was going to say interesting, but I actually think it's funny. Is that uh, in the late 90s when Walmart was explode, like just building out like crazy, like yeah. they were everywhere yeah. – you know, there were lots and lots of articles about, uh, you know, Walmart pushing out small businesses, mm-hmm. small like hardware stores, small grocery stores, all that kind of stuff, which was absolutely true. That definitely did happen. But now if you're watching like TV and you see a commercial for Walmart in the face of Amazon, now like Walmart is kind of the scrappy, you know, company that yeah. is. And so they portray themselves as like, your neighborhood market. Walmart is always there for yes, your yes. neighborhood because they are the ones who are being driven out of business. Yeah, no, I, the Overton window on that has absolutely shifted where we're like, no, 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 Walmart, Target, Best Buy, these aren't the huge evil companies anymore. They're now the underdogs. Yeah. Um, Support your local Walmart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of crazy. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, uh, please rate, follow, and review us on Apple Podcasts 
or any place you can do that. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. We appreciate it when you do. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our, our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. Hey, Oscar, Rachel, do you like Disney movies? Yeah! Yeah! Have you seen all of them? Yeah, we saw all the Disney animated movies. And we saw all the Pixar animated movies, too. How about the DCOMs? What? <gasps> the Disney Channel original movies. You should listen to our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, because we are watching all of them in chronological order. Yeah, and we do fun segments, like we cast each other. That's right, and my favorite segment, Zaddy Watch, where we rank every single DCOM daddy. Ooh, you can listen to all this fun stuff on our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, let's get back in the vault. It's cold out here. Campfire.